Thank you. Thank you, Richard, and uh, thank you, organizers, for this opportunity. And <coughs> in the morning session, um, it was pointed out that uh, Japan is a very um, self-contradictory status in terms of its nuclear policy. And also in this session already, uh, Jinbo-san made a remark about the dual structured situation of Japan's nuclear policy. Yes, it is true. And Japan is calling for a world free of nuclear weapons. But on the other hand, it heavily depends on the US nuclear weapons, the so-called nuclear umbrella in its security policy. So uh, in the series of the discussion um, sponsored uh, Nordjax Institute, we've been discussing about the issue of extended nuclear deterrence uh, um, terminology to academic terminology to express the nuclear umbrella. And this serious contradiction should be carefully re-examined by the civil society, both Japan and Australia, because the two countries have the same problem. Actually, these two countries have two serious problems in, security, in nuclear policy. Is one is that our security is heavily dependent on the US nuclear weapons. And the second is that Australia is, is exporting uranium, which means it, it can fuel production of nuclear weapons or nuclear proliferation in the world. And Japan is producing plutonium and it's planning to start to operate the major scale plutonium production facility in northern part of Japan, which means the very back end of nuclear cycle or nuclear fuel cycle is <coughs> very Japan-connected big problem. So now we see the President Obama and the new US administration is gearing up towards disarmament. The problem, this problem, is getting clearer than ever. Actually, in many occasions at the international negotiation, Increasingly, Japanese government is trying to slow down the pace of disarmament, saying that we need nuclear deterrence for Japan's security, pointing out North Korean threat and Chinese threat. But it's very sad to see our country constitute as an obstacle to the whole of the global disarmament process. When Japan emphasized the utility of nuclear weapons in Japan's security, it at the same time 
is giving the excuse for our neighbors to have nuclear weapons or to increase nuclear weapons. North Korea can see and can point out Japan claiming for nuclear utility, and they claim we have the right to self-defense, and we are surrounded by the heavy nuclear and military threat of U.S.-Japan alliance. Why can we stop going nuclear? That's the logic, very clear logic of the North Korea. And the same thing can apply to China. The people in the leaderships is increasingly worrying about the Chinese modernization or increasing of nuclear and military power. But it is partly because the increase of nuclear readiness or military power on the side of U.S.-Japan military alliance. So the point is, how can we reverse this vicious cycle? This, there is a cycle of nuclear proliferation and arms race in East Asia. So how we can create another cycle of peace and disarmament? That is a question. And when, when, when people talk about nuclear umbrella, um, sometimes it is pointed out nuclear umbrella has a utility in preventing nuclear proliferation. But I would like to emphasize the very central element in reasons why Japan has not developed nuclear weapons to date is not that the U.S. nuclear umbrella capped any Japanese nuclear aspiration, but that Japanese people's conviction was strong enough that the tragedy and devastation of the nuclear catastrophe must not be repeated in anywhere in the world, never. This conviction is very widely, overwhelmingly shared among Japanese civil society. So the question is how we can bring this belief, bring life into this belief, you know? And Japan has created so many tools and mechanisms after the devastation of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. In the post-war Japan, we established various legal frameworks not to repeat the tragedy. One is that Japan adopted right after the war, peace constitution, including Article 9 at its center, and renounced war as a means to settle international dispute forever. And also, it prohibited Japan to maintain any war potential, any capability to wage war. And also, Japan has maintained non-nuclear three principles and also, Japan very uniquely adopted uh, principle to prohibit arms export in principle. 
So I think it is, it is a time now to reactivate, reactivate these mechanisms for Japan's security policy, and also be, those mechanisms should, should be chaired by the people in Asia and also globally. So now, as you know, after the lower house election last month, the new government took the power just last week. And this new government is composed of three parties, Democrat Party in center, but the Social Democrat and also the New People's Party joined the coalition. And early this month, um, the three parties had a meeting and formed a, a agreed policy for various issues. And for the foreign and security policy part, it wrote, that agreed document wrote uh, like this on the nuclear issue. Japan would take a leader, leading role in the international community in nuclear disarmament and the elimination of nuclear weapons, including through efforts for early entry into force of the CTBT, early, early realization of a fissile material treaty, and playing an important role at the upcoming NPT review conference. So now, the new government formally set the nuclear disarmament as one of its top agendas. It's a very encouraging sign. And also, the newly appointed foreign minister, Mr. Katsuya Okada, publicly uh, announced that he has a strong belief that uh, um, the Japan should take no first use policy of nuclear weapons, although it is not yet you know, fully formulated as a Japanese government official policy. He, he, uh, after the appointment, he declared that that, that is his own belief to do so. So now I believe the new foreign minister is having a, a discussion with the uh, foreign, uh, foreign ministry's bureaucrats on that point because no first use becomes a very important first step towards disarmament. So, but at the same time, we cannot be too optimistic on that. So, it is now, it is high time for the civil society groups and non-governmental organizations to inject energies and ideas and create momentum for the new government to advance the real nuclear disarmament policy. And already, dozens of Japanese NGOs formed a network to, in order to influence the International Commission held by Australian and Japanese government and we are, have a, we are having a dialogue, media works, and also um, discussion with policymakers. And, and also, the Hibakusha organizations, the atomic bombing sufferers organizations, is intensifying its effort to talk to the two policymakers and the peoples in the world to share their own testimonies and to let the people know about the reality of the nuclear weapons effects. 
And my organization, PeaceBot, also worked with Hibakshas organization by having 100 Hibakshas to go around the world, including this country, Australia. And by doing so, we are promoting awareness of the horrible effects of nuclear weapons. And also, many proposals like nuclear weapon free zone idea, which Michael men <coughs> mentioned earlier, and wider peace movement is also gaining momentum. Because if we really seriously talk about the reduction of nuclear weapons roles in our security, then we have to seriously think of how to replace that. What is the alternative to the nuclear hegemony? Maybe some military experts or realists would argue, hey, we can increase conventional weapons capability to replace nuclear weapons deterrent you know, function. It could work as short term, but fundamentally, we have to think of more you know, lasting, sustainable way of peace mechanism in the Asia-Pacific region. So now, PeaceBot and many other groups are calling to universalize the idea of Article 9 of the Japanese Constitution. And actually, we held a major international conference where 30,000 people get together from more than 40 countries in Tokyo to, in the name of Global Article 9 Conference to Abolish War. The idea is that we have to aim at non-nuclear security and also less military-dependent security to be lasting. So in East Asia, Northeast Asia, Japanese, Korean, Chinese, Mongolians, many, many civil society organizations is working together, united working together, to diminish the nuclear hegemony which prevails in the Asia Pacific and alter a peaceful mechanism based on dialogue and confidence and cooperation of the peoples. So I'd like you, I'd like to invite all of you, the Australian friends here, to join our efforts. Thank you very much.